Glory to the name of Jesus. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22, verse number 10. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go to Revelation 22, verse number 10. And read a couple of things here. Thank you. Hallelujah. I ask that if you need to go to the bathroom, that you go before we start. That means you go now. Don't go while we're preaching. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to look at verse number 10. And uh, this is now the conclusion of the book. This is the conclusion of the word of God, the Bible. The last chapter of the last book of the Bible. Right? Revelation 22, verse number 10. Um, and it says here, um, if you don't have it, you can just pull it up on your phone, get your Bible out while they're putting it up. It says, and he saith unto me. This is the angel speaking to John the Beloved who became John the Revelator. John the Beloved who became John the Revelator. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. You see that? Verse number 11. It says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be what? Filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Verse number 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this, uh, the, the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Father, we just thank you and we bless you now. That you would speak clearly to us and we would bless your name for it. So in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. God's people said amen. 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 Um, you may be seated. I want to go back to Revelation 22 and 11 and read that again and work from there. I'm going to work from Revelation 22 verse number 11. The Bible reads in Revelation 22 and verse number 11. He that is unjust. Very, very powerful scripture. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. This, this verse is what I call a verily, verily verse. This is, this is a type of verse. There are certain things that Jesus said and, he, and he, he demanded that you now honor those things. But then there are, are things that you are to give double honor to. Or, 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 or double measures of sobriety in when you hear them. This is what we would call a verily, verily verse. It deals not. This is the part about this verse that I need you to understand. It deals with the enormous ramifications. Please hear me. It's, uh, ramifications associated with being exposed to biblical revelation. He's talking about what happens if you don't properly steward this revelation. Because what I'm sharing is not just anything. This is a revelation. So how you handle it has enormous ramifications on your destiny. 
that he, he's now dealing with the enormous responsibility and accountability that's always coupled with hearing the word revealed, which we term as revelation. And we always think when he says, he who takes away from this book, all the curses of this book, as if this book ain't a part of the whole book. So now we think we can, oh, as long as we don't take nothing out the rest, we can take stuff out the rest of, so that means you can take stuff out of Matthew? That means you can take stuff out of Isaiah? That means you can take stuff out of Genesis? So for some reason we think, no, I bet not read Revelation, because if I read Revelation and take something out of that book, then everything bad is going to happen to me. Well, that book is a part of this whole book. So obviously he's not just talking about the book of Revelation when it's all one book. Right? Now, first and foremost, let me share this with you. I ain't reading the book of Revelation. What? That's one of the greatest blessings that's tied to reading the book of Revelation. Of the whole Bible. It is not the revelation of the end of the world. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is not the revelation of the Antichrist. You don't read Revelation to learn about the Antichrist. It reveals Jesus. Right? So, so first and foremost, this is what I must say. First and foremost, we must understand that the Bible is padlocked. All right. I, I will tell you, you, you've seen a padlock before. The Bible is a closed book. Everybody can open the Bible, but the Bible doesn't open itself to everybody. Everybody find what I'm saying? No, no, no. You can open it. That don't mean it opens for you. Amen? Everybody find what I'm saying? Why is that? Why is that, Brian? Because the Bible isn't just a book. The Bible is a man. Come on. Notice I did not say the Bible is about a man. You already missed it and the book will be closed to you if you think the Bible is about a man. The Bible is not about a man. The Bible is a man itself. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So, so, so now that's why Revelation 1 verse 1 says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can I show you something, Hebrews 10 and 7? Because the Bible is a man, it is not about a man. Hebrews 10 verse 7 says, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. It's not written about me. It is written of me. It's not written about me. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. I am not... My identity was taken and put in written form. It is written of me. This is me. The Bible is a closed book because the Bible is a man and that man doesn't reveal himself to everyone. Revelation is when that man chooses to allow you or me to know him through a book that others only call a Bible. All right. Come on. You think it's your Bible, I think this is Jesus. All right. I treat my Bible like Jesus. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So now what we got to understand is the Bible is padlocked. There's only one code that unlocks that padlock. It's called passion. That's the only code. You can type in all the codes. I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know how the end of times is going to come. I want to know about grace. I want to know about faith. But there's only one thing that actually opens the book for you. It is now passion. Passion for a person named Jesus. Receiving revelation.
Salvation is the tangible reality of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I need y'all to get this. If you don't get nothing else, I say hallelujah because I'm, I'm working somewhere. But I need y'all to understand. Revelation is actually the fruit of an intimate relationship. Right. Come on. God, see, no, 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 no. Revelation is actually the fruit of an intimate relationship. You're still missing it. When you get a revelation, you are actually now getting the fruit of a relationship between a man and God. And so now when I throw you that revelation, what I've actually just gave you was a piece of relationship that I had with God. And now you have access to a piece of the relationship through receiving the revelation even though you were intimate to get it yourself. When you honor the revelation, you get access to the relationship the individual was in when they got the revelation through intimacy. If you reject the revelation, you just forfeited a measure of relationship you could have had with God through the revelation because somebody been in relationship. Thank you, Lord. Not properly handling revelation is more than you forgetting oops what it was saying. What did you say? What was that about? It's more than that. What you're doing is you are mishandling. You are 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 are, are mis dishonoring your opportunity for relationship. All right. So now, see, this is what we got to understand by receiving a revelation. From a, revel- from a revelator, that revelator received by intimacy with God, we now have a right to inherit the intimacy that that revelator was in when they received that revelation. See, when I hear somebody preach that blesses me, I'm not just saying I can't wait to hear them preach again. I'm trying to find out where do you lay your head? Where were you at when you heard what you heard? What were you and God doing when you were able to tap into that measure? Because I've read that verse a thousand times and I never heard anything like that before. Where did where were you at? All right. See, see if, if if they were in prayer when they received that revelation, I when I now if I was in prayer when I received that revelation and I throw it to Taylor. And Taylor catches the revelation. She, by default, inherits a piece of my prayer passion. All right. Even though I wasn't preaching about prayer, you received the revelation I got through prayer. And so receiving the revelation I got through prayer, you also got a piece of the prayer passion that touched God to get what I got. Yes, Lord. But that's what I'm saying. Yes. Amen. If I now... Don't let it hit the ground. You play basketball. Softball. Softball. Right? If if, if, if I, through meditation, get a revelation, right? I was in meditation. I was just driving down the road, and I began to bless the Lord. And all of a sudden, the word of God came to me. And when the word of God came to me, I just threw it out to you. Now, if, if you catch that, guess what? I didn't even preach about meditating. Come on. I, I, I 
just now preached out of what I meditated and now you find yourself driving down the road glory be to God and you begin to tap into God and before you know it you begin to hear God while you're riding down the road because you didn't just get a revelation you got a piece of the relationship that that revelation was conceived out of revelation gives you access to measures of relationship when you reject the revelation you're forfeiting relationship God I want more of you but you fumbled the revelation God I need more of you but you fumbled the revelation God I want to hear you more you fumbled the revelation right so this is what I need you to understand when we are receiving Revelation, it only came by way of passion. So within the revelation is access to the measure of relationship through which that revelation was conceived. Right? Revelation is an opportunity to enter into a deeper measure of relationship. Every time you get a revelation, your relationship should be deeper. Every time you get a revelation, your relationship should be wider. Every time you get a revelation, your relationship should be higher. Because every revelation is another piece of relationship. And as we mishandle revelation, we forfeit measures of relationship. I believe that we've mishandled so many revelations because we're treating revelation like information. And we're trying to keep something in our mind that's supposed to be invested and stored in our heart. Our heart is a treasure box. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. If there's any place you need to store your most valuable things, it's in your heart. Your heart is a treasure box. Amen? And so, so he goes on to say this. He goes on to say this. This is the consequence of mishandling Revelation. And Revelation 22 and 11 reflects that. He says this, he says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. But then he flips it. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. When we reject or receive revelation, either way, we will be still. Everybody say, be still. Whether you reject the revelation or you receive the revelation, you're going to wind up being still. All right. Come on. Please follow what I'm saying. So, whatsoever we be, revelation permits us to place a still on it. All right. Please follow what I'm saying. So, if we're victorious, revelation permits us to be victorious still. In other words, the victory that I got back in 2006, I still be victorious in that still by way of the revelation that continues to pour and allow me to be still. Glory be to God. If I am overcoming, uh, revelation permits me to overcome still. If I'm walking in peace, Revelation allows me to walk in peace still. Uh, In other words, revelation allows what God is doing in my life to continue uninterrupted. 
be as in condition, still as in continuing. Revelation gives us access to endure. Revelation gives us access to enduring. Revelation gives us access to enduring, not surviving. Enduring isn't just me making it through a trial and a storm. It's me going through the storm and coming out of the storm saying, Jesus, I'm hungry for you still after this storm. Jesus, there's nobody like you still after this problem. Jesus, I love prayer still after this issue. Jesus, there's nobody like you still. Unless you can be still, revelation has been fumbled. It, it now permits you to be still while you keep moving. I'm still expecting you to, Jesus, I'm still expecting you to do great things. Still. You don't get what I'm saying. Gee, I'm still expecting you to do the supernatural. Still. You don't get, but you don't understand. You just lost this. They walked away. But, there, but I, got, I got access to a river called Revelation. And the river called Revelation allows me to be in spite of. I be still. I'm still hungry. I still want to pray. I still want to worship. I still want to bless them. I still want to go hard. I still want to love them. I still want to serve. I still want to pastor. I still want to anoint. I still want to declare his word. I still want to seek his face. Steve. 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 Did I tell you never ain't nothing changed? Revelation locks you in the place called be still. I'm excited still. No, I'm still focused on Jesus. I know your mind is when here, there, and there. You come back and I'm still saying the same thing. Because it's still. He's still the glorious one. He's still victorious. His will still trumps everything else. Come on. Still. Still. Thank you, Lord. Revelation. God, you. Please hear me. Revelation, when properly received, gives us access to endurance, which is the permission to be still. Why? Because revelation is a portion of relationship with God. Every revelation I receive gives me the ability to go deeper in relationship. And my depth gives me grace to go through. My problem is on the surface, but my passion is deeper than the problem. I got something deeper than my, my, I'm going to say that again. My problem that I'm going through is on the surface, but my passion runs deeper. They call it a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose roots run deep. Everything the devil does, he runs to and fro throughout the earth. He doesn't come under the earth. He has no depth to his issue. In other words, all he can do is throw a bill on the surface. All he can do is throw a problem on the surface. But I have something deeper. You're staying on ground level. But I have a revelation that's run my roots deeper. I have a joy that's run my roots deeper. I have a vision that's run my roots deeper. Revelation takes you from being so shallow. You got a bad phone call and you that jacked up. You saw one bad post on Facebook 
Bana. Revelation allows you to be still. Guess what I'm going to be tomorrow? Still. Still singing. Guess what I'm going to be tomorrow while I'm driving down the road? Still blessing. Guess what I'm going to be doing while I'm doing business? Still expecting. Revelation is a river that allows you to be still. Amen. So, as we receive revelation, we get to be in joy still. Somebody say in joy still. We get to be in peace still. Everybody say be still. We get to be in righteousness still. Everybody say in righteousness still. We get to be in victory still. Everybody say be in victory still. Thank you, Lord. The key ain't to try to catch it. The key is to keep it. Come on, man. We keep we keep on trying to catch what we're supposed to be able to keep. All right. We don't find peace. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. We love peace. Peace is a man. Right. You're looking for something you can lay with. All right. Come on. Come on. You're trying to find. Why are you looking for it? You're supposed to be intimate with it. So, so, so now, let me say this. Be as in a condition, still as in continuing or consistency. This is what we can't overlook. The Bible didn't simply testify that you would be still in good things. Being exposed to revelation... And if you're mishandling or rejecting that revelation, you can be stealing bad things. He that is righteous and holy, let him be righteous and holy still. Good things. But he that is unjust and filthy, let him be unjust and filthy. Revelation gives consistency as a consequence or a reward. I'm going to say that again. Revelation gives consistency as a consequence, even if, whether you like it or not, because you've been getting revelation, you're either going to be in a dysfunction still, or you're going to be in victory still. But revelation forces the be still dimension on your life. If we reject revelation, we're confined to be still too. Whatever we be, revelation places us still on it. If we're in sin and we mishandle or we reject revelation, you you are see you are to be in sin still. Y'all, you hear what I'm saying? If we're in addiction and you have mishandled, or if you have now rejected revelation, you are to be an addict still. If we're depressed, if we're slow. If we're lazy and we've mishandled a revelation or rejected revelation, it confines us to be depressed, slothful, and lazy still. It's so important that we understand as a people, if we're still depressed, if we're still angry, if we're still struggling, if we're still fighting, if we're still sinning, if we're still operating in inner dysfunction, after the last round of revelation in 2018, we just got a round of revelation where you shouldn't be still struggling in with it, struggling with addiction, uh, fighting with offense. If you still 
be like that. Chances are you've either mishandled the revelation or you have rejected the revelation. You are not in a posture that honors the word of God. And the proof is you still be. How are you still struggling with what you struggled with in 2019? How are you still mad about what happened in 2019? How are you still trying to fight through the fence of what you tried to fight through in 2019? How are you still inwardly going back and forth in sin like you did after the revelation? All right. Thank you, Lord. How are you defeated still? How are you addicted still? How do you still have no true passion for God? Come on. The most you read the Bible is the church. Come Still. On. Come on. Still. Revelation is God's last resort. It's his last resort. He sorts us by revelation. He sorts the goat and the sheep by revelation. He sorts the wheat and the tare by revelation. He sorts the sons of darkness from the sons of light by revelation. Come on. Amen? Amen. If you are still the way you were, Jesus is letting you know he's not changing, although he's not approving. I don't approve of it, but let him be. Right. Because if they won't respond to Revelation, God bless I'm trying to warn you because some of you still be the same way you've been for the last six months. Right. And over the last six months, you had enough revelation to be somebody else. Come on now. Over the last eight months, you had enough revelation. You're still repeating your dysfunction. I know what I'm doing wrong. You were saying that five months ago. Right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can never fix yourself by looking at what's wrong with yourself. Come on now. But that's what, exactly what some of you are still doing. Why? Because you've mishandled or you've rejected revelation and you're still walking around saying, God, show me how to get free. And God said, man, let them be. Because when it's time for the word of God, you're getting up, going to the bathroom. You're sitting there laughing with the children. You're sitting there getting up and playing. Glory be to God. You're distracted. If somebody walks through the doors, you're turning. Glory be to God. You are not in a pot. Revelation, that is not intimacy. Glory be to God. That is, if my wife is about to kiss me, that ought to be now an exciting, uh, that ought to be now a moment where she has my complete attention. And she's puckering up to kiss me and I'm going like this. Alright, come on. I didn't even have to say it. Lady Mira said that's a problem. Amen. Why? Because this ain't the time for you to have your attention everywhere else. This is intimacy time. Amen. And wonder why we're still fighting with the same things and hoping somehow getting in the midst and doing the outward acts is going to make up for the inward dysfunction that I'm learning how to hide better than I did last year. It's not. See, our problem is religion teaches us how to train what ain't changed. All religion does is all you do is learn how to train. It's still on the inside. You're still fighting with the same things, but religion just. 
just teaching you how to train it. I can train a dog to eat at the kitchen table. I can train a dog to sit on the couch. I can train a dog even to use the toilet. But at the end of the day, after that dog uses the toilet, after that dog eats from the table, and after that dog sits on the couch, it's still a dog. You can't train your dysfunction. You got to be changed. And revelation can do it. All religion does is teach you how to better train boo boo. Revelation, God does not want to train you to hold in your anger. You should have saw me. I did good because I was ready to cuss them out. No, no, God wants to change your nature where you don't even feel like cussing them out. You have not gotten victory until cursing doesn't come up in your heart. You have not gotten victory until anger doesn't come up in your heart. He gives you a new nature. He doesn't train you and give you treats. Oh. God, I didn't curse nobody out all week. I know you're going to bless me today. Just uh, We've learned how to be dogs waiting for a treat. And God wants to give us a new... The, the gospel has more power than that. Come on, God. Come on, the gospel has more power than that. You don't have to say, I don't need to watch TV as much. I want to read my Bible. There's a nature that makes you want to read your Bible more than you watch TV. The gospel has more power. But when you mishandle revelation, you still sitting in front of TV for six hours. Get out of here. Right. For real. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Get out of here. That's not even a law thing. That's a nature problem. Right. And so now you got prophets raising up. And the reason why they're raising up is because they see, hold on, pastor. These folks ain't new. They're just learning how to be trained in church. Right. When, and, and so, so it ends up conceiving another religion to some. Because they ain't changing at all. Right. They just know how to clap more. Right. Not to shout more. This is what we got to understand about this. Come on, somebody shout, God is good. Hallelujah. This is good to me. I don't care. That's it. It's the word of the Lord. It's good as long as it's the word of the Lord. This is. This is the key. This is the key. It's so important. Now, I need to talk to us. It's so important that we as leaders and laborers in the church understand that Jesus lets people in the church be in their dysfunction. Now, now I'm talking to the people that are noticing all the people that are still in their dysfunction. Why? So we won't spend all of our time trying to make them change something if God, God is letting them be. If God is letting them be, why do you think you're going to change them? 
Right. I'm trying to help you right now because that's one of the reasons why you are entering into the same error as the people you keep on looking at in error. Perhaps they're not changing because they have an irreverent response to revelation and has caused them to have a pronouncement over their life that is, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that don't read the Bible at home, let him not read the Bible at home still. He that still don't pray at home, let him not read uh, pray at home still. He that don't get up during praise and worship, let him sit down and don't make him get up during praise and worship still. Stop trying to make people do what revelation, what they refuse to receive the revelation and be transformed into. Lord, you are killing yourself. Jesus is letting them be. Thank you, Lord. God, I bless you. God, I bless you. After I said this about not moving during the war, some people are still going to move during the war. Let them be. Right. Let them be. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. The word of the Lord. Can I, can I talk to him? I feel good on that. That frees me. You know what that frees me? Because I don't have to be an enforcer. I can be an edifier. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of being an enforcer. I just want to edify those that are actually honor what I'm saying enough to be changed by it. So I can now pour into the edifiers and stop trying to enforce into the people that God ain't changing no way. Listen to this. The word of the Lord to leaders and laborers. Let them be and continue to reveal me. That's the word of the Lord to you, laborer. That's the word of the Lord to you, leader. Let them be and continue to reveal me. In short, what God is saying to the labor and the leader that cares about the condition of this move of God that we're in, God is saying, don't underestimate the power of my gospel and overburden yourself with trying to get people on board. If revelation does not cause them to be shifted, then let them be because there's yet power in this gospel. Because while there are people yet being filthy and unjust, there are people people yet being righteous and holy. There are people yet being victorious. There are people yet entering into greater dimensions of passion. Take your eyes off the tear. I'll deal with that and continue to pour into the wheat. Your focus on them pulls you outside of your focus on him. Can I warn you today, you can be so, so focused on the stuff that people are doing wrong that you start looking wrong yourself. The, the glory falling and you can't even feel it. Because you feel weird based off of a vibe that somebody with a weaker spirit is giving. I don't care if people sit up with their arms crossed and their mouth balled up. Their spirit is weaker. That's an inferior, that's an inferior, glory be to God. What what do I want to call that? Juvenile delinquent spirit. Why would I take time to try to fix a spirit that can't hinder the atmosphere anyway? The only reason it can hinder the atmosphere is because we believe it. 
There are people who are becoming while some people are going to be still. Right. Side by side. Side by side. Some will be holy and righteous still. Right, right, right next to him. Sitting right next to you on the pew. Right. Some will be in sin and bondage still. Thank you, Lord. We cannot put a pause on those who are becoming to focus on those that God is saying, let be. Right. My question to you is, what if God is saying, let be, let him be? And you said to call him, you need to get up and go to church. Let him be. Right. Because if they were really transformed, you wouldn't have to call them to tell them to come to church. Right. You're just training somebody that ain't changing. Right. Now that's fine when you first start out. In actuality, if you if you actually began as a believer, that ain't fine. But right. if you just start out coming to church, that's fine. Amen? Amen. You don't have to run down somebody that's transformed. They ask you, can they come early? Right. When the prayer start, you have to tell them to stand up. They stand up before the praise team starts singing. Right. We have to stop putting on stage the wrong example. They're the people that ain't got it. Thank you, Lord. And we ignore the people that do. All right. That's why God always requires less that do than, than those that don't. Why? Because two or three are greater than ten to a thousand. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. And in actuality, by letting them be and focusing on him. It can ultimately bring them into re- now. I ain't saying not correct. I ain't saying not rebuke. I ain't saying not, don't get me twisted now. Right. Not to call out sin. No, he ain't saying, talking about that at all. But I'm not gonna sit there and park when we got glory to get to. Right. We will not get to glory talking about sin. Thank you, Lord. Glory is after sin has been taken care of. Right. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So watch this. I'm gonna show you this, and it's so so powerful. Go to Romans chapter 8, and this ties into what I taught, taught last week. And I'm going to reiterate a few things I taught last week because I'm trying to bring all this together. Right. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to bring all this together. But it ties into hearing. I need you all to understand the importance of hearing. If you're still struggling with something you've been struggling with after this last wave of glory, it is not a power problem. Right. It is not a presence problem. The problem is your irreverence with revelation. The problem is your mishandling of revelation. You know why I keep changing? You know why I keep changing? Because revelation changes me. All right. Amen. And people look at me and say, Pastor, change it. Well, that's what revelation does. All right. Come on. He ain't who he was last year. I, I shouldn't be. Y'all better go find another church. Not if I'm in, not if I'm interacting with a God that's conforming me to His image. All right. Thank you, Lord. It shouldn't be the same. Amen. Amen. And people who don't change get mad when you do change because they want you to pay the price for who you were before you changed. I said a mouthful right there. I'm moving. (laughs) That'll preach good. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
Look at this. Look at this. Glory to his name. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his what? Verse 29. For whom he did what? For no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image. Everybody say image. To the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he, for whom he did predestinate, everybody say destiny. destiny. He predest, our destiny is what? To be conformed to the image. Our destiny is an identity. Everybody say that. Our destiny, our destiny. is an identity. Destiny. Our destiny is an image. It is an image. It is an image. We're, be, we're to be conformed into the image of God. The more we reflect Jesus's, Jesus in image, the closer we are to our destiny. Uh, the closer we get to starting our business, it does not necessarily mean we're the closest to our destiny. The closer we get to getting debt free, that does not mean we're closer to our destiny. But let, me, let me mess you up. The closer we get to building a new church building does not mean we're any closer to our destiny. Our destiny is an identity. Amen. We become sons of God to the measure we're conformed into the image of the son of God. That's why we can't afford to be still. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Destiny awaits us. Man, that ought to get you excited. That's why we can't be still. Because destiny, and my destiny is an identity. And the more my image looks like his image, the more things begin to happen around me like they happen around him. See, a destiny awaits us. The more I look like him, the more things begin to happen around me that happened around him. See, around him, everybody that was sick got healed. The more I look like him, the more things will start to happen around me like it happens around him. Around him, demons got cast out. The more I start looking like him, the more things around me will start happening that happen. Around him, nobody starved, even if they only had five loaves and two fish. Everybody got fed. Things will start happening around me like it happened around him in his image. And if that... I would dare to say, if that don't get you excited, you probably ain't saved. All right, come on. Because that's the whole point of salvation. All right. Thank you, Lord. I would dare to say, if that don't get you, if you get more excited about paying a bill than that, I would dare to say, you have now been duped with a, with a perverse gospel. All right. Thank you, Lord. Destiny awaits us. My God on side. Thank you, Lord. God, I bless you. Destiny requires revelation. God, I bless you. I'm going to say that again. Destiny, that destiny, when I understand my destiny is an identity, destiny requires someone to reveal him to me. Because the more he's revealed to me, the more I can become like what's being revealed to me. The image of God, come on, this is review. The image of God is what? The kingdom of God. The image of God is the? To love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart 
thy mind, thy soul, and thy strength. To the degree we walk in all-consuming passion for the Lord, or to the measure He possesses all of our inner self, right. to that measure we have His image and our walking in kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. It, it is your inner image. All right. It is not your outward look. Right. It's your inner image. The more your inward parts are like his inward parts, Thank you, Lord. the more you've been conformed into his image. And so we must through suffering enter into the kingdom or be conformed into his image because there's so many parts of us inwardly that we don't know are like him until we put in situations where we don't respond like he responds. That's right. So we through suffering into the kingdom of God. What you're suffering now is to get you, to bring you to the place where you can be conformed in the image. Because the reason why it's giving you a headache is because you ain't thinking like he thinks. And how he thinks is actually his image. You ain't seeing it how he sees it. And how he sees it is actually his image. So you got to suffer into it until you put yourself to death. So, listen to this. Wow, kingdom preaching. Ain't this something? You know, I thought you was going to preach about get ready, get ready. All the nations coming right now. No, no, so forth and so on. They're coming. But are you ready? What do you look like? How much of what you've been giving can you give to them? Acts 10 and 44. I want to go there. I'm talking about image. Everybody say image, which is the kingdom. Image, which is the kingdom. Acts 10 and 44. I actually taught on this, I don't know when, probably last year sometime. I dealt with Peter at Cornelius' house. And I dealt with the fact that now Peter um, began to minister to them. And as he ministered to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Y'all remember that? And, and, I, was, and I was dealing with, dealing with um, 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 that. And, and last week I dealt with the fact that how Peter denied Jesus. He denied him. And we still yet deny Jesus to the degree we don't have his image in the situation. We deny him access to that situation. So I'm trying to bring all that back together. And I want to remind you a couple of things that kind of insinuate. Amen. What the Lord is saying. Acts 10 verse 44. Amen. Amen. Now, see, one thing that y'all got to start doing, y'all got to stop being scared. Especially for our young people. You got to let the young people know ain't no reason why they need to get up. I shouldn't have to say that. Right? right? Amen. Amen. And then we practice that and teach it. Why? Because life is going forward. Right. We, we don't necessarily fuss. We don't get mad. I don't pound the hand. Man, this ain't the time for that. Sit down. Right. Hmm? All right. Well, then that's fine. Get it and go. Get it and go. Right. Bless his name. But we got to move. What I'm saying is, I shouldn't have to bring that order to the house. Amen. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have to do stuff like that. Amen. Because what we got to understand is, our children's life depends on how they receive this word. Amen. If you don't like the life you live in and you receive the word your way, why would you let them receive it the way you did? All right now. Acts 10, verse 44. Watch this. Watch this. While Peter yet spake. Everybody say, yet spake. Yes, yes, yes. These words. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which did what? While Peter yet spake. Everybody say, spake. These words. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which what? 
which did what? Heard the word. When we properly hear revelation, stuff from heaven begins to fall on us. We don't have to fuss at people to get them to do stuff. If they actually hear what's being preached, stuff will fall on them in the midst of the atmosphere. While Peter yet preached, heaven began to fall on those that actually heard what was being preached. There's a difference between listening and hearing. That word fail. Come on, this word blesses me. Y'all forgot about this word. That word fail is epipipto. Y'all should know that word. It comes from the root word pipto. And glory be to God. It means to superimpose. See, y'all should know about this. It ties right back in to image. While Peter yet spake unto them the revelation of the resurrected Christ, the Holy Spirit superimposed himself on all them who heard, watch this, the revelation. To superimpose means to print one image on top of another image so that both images are seen at the same time as one image. I'm going to say that again. To superimpose means to print one image on top of another image so that both images are seen at the same time as one image. Elder now, Elder Elder Edwin right now just turn a little bit. This shirt actually has two images. They are not the same image. The shirt is one image and the letters are superimposed on the shirt. Now when you look at the shirt, you see now one image superimposed on another image so that both images are seen as the same image. Now when Peter preached, the Holy Spirit superimposed himself on those that heard so that God's image was seen on man's image as one image. When you look at man, you saw God and when you saw God, you saw man and that was God's plan from the beginning. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here, but I'm telling you right now the power of God when it fell on Pentecost restored God's original intent that we walk in the image of God. Thank you, Lord. Enough of this, all of him and none of me. Come on. I, I love it. It sounds deep, but it's stupid. All right. Come on. If it was none of me, why not just wipe us out and he walk around on earth? That's right. Obviously, that's stupid and he doesn't want it. All right. Come on. All of him and none of me. Thank you, Lord. We're just diving. All right. See if his purpose gets fulfilled. Come on. I'm not worth anything. How are you going to insult what God died for like that? Come on. I'm not worth. I'm just a rat. I'm just a whoremonger. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Liar, liar, and liar. You're a new creature. You're no longer a sinner. You're not a sinner saved by grace after you get saved. You're a new creature. So you're still lying on God's glory. And you're demeaning the power of his gospel trying to be humble. No, no. Salvation is when my his image on me is restored. And let us make man in our image and our likeness. Thank you, Lord. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And once I have his image, I have dominion through duplication. 
That's what I'm trying to get to. God is not trying to put an image on the individuals. God is trying to put an image on a company of believers. Once we have his image, he said, let them have dominion and then let them duplicate. Your ability to duplicate, it hinges on on the image that you're carrying because you have my image. I'm telling you right now, the spirit of God has been falling like never before in this house. And it's been giving us measures of God's image. So now when people walk in, heaven looks more like earth. Because I'm here to tell you right now, ain't no cherub sitting in the pew in heaven. And now there are more people that are giving God glory. I'm telling you right now, not one of the elders are not casting down their crowns. And now where heaven begins to look like earth. And now, amen, ain't not one of those individuals that are before the throne bowing, not bowing down to the king. And heaven is beginning to look like earth. I thank God for a people. Glory be to God. One thing that I don't ever want you to do, praise team, is while you're singing, look at the people. I always notice one thing between many times, amen, different races is one thing that blesses me about worshipers is when worshipers sing without looking at the people. The whole time their eyes are closed and they're, they're sometimes they're on their knees and, and they're just singing unto the Lord. Sometimes they turn this way and they're just singing to the Lord and the glory falls because it ain't got nothing to do with the people. It has to do with the God that they're glorifying. And then you see the people who sing much better but they're looking at the crowd the whole time and not half of the power is falling because in heaven we're not singing looking at each other in heaven we're singing to a king that's sitting on the throne and we're blessing his name and we're magnifying him it's not about us it's all about him we're starting to look like that and I don't want you to fall into the trap when people start sitting down again because they fumbled revelation that you feel like you got to change the song to get people more upbeat so they'll move with the music. They just missed the last move. And so you stay in the flow when we're losing the people. Well, what if we ain't losing God? People are starting to sit down. Well, what if God is standing up? People are starting to stop clapping. Well, what if heaven is clapping? This ain't about the people. Which makes it all about the people. Stop looking at people to see if they clap while you sing. Right. Just let let God touch you. It'll make them clap. They'll get tired of you seeing you be blessed by the glory. Right. It'll stimulate something on the inside of them. Stop thinking you got to stop singing when it get quiet. Right. Sometimes I want you to sing for 20 more minutes like tonight. Right. Just keep singing. For all the people that feel like you got to entertain them, that you are not doing this for God, that you're actually doing it because they came in and need something to listen to. That's why you're in the condition you are now. Because you love that song and it makes you feel good. You have not yet figured out that the song making you feel good ain't the point. Does it stimulate him? Alright. We flipping the script. We flipping the script. Right. And the kingdom come. And I will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. That's what we that's what we are cultivating right now. An atmosphere where heaven is at home on earth. Thank you, Lord. 
Not where people who ain't worshiped God all week can feel stimulated to stand up and clap. Come on. You will have no problem worshiping God if you're a worshiper. All right. Come on. I don't care if we sing for an hour and a half. You probably already did it. I already sung for an hour and a half today. They prayed for 90 minutes, wasn't it? We pray all day. It's what we do. Hallelujah. That's what we're built for. That's our delight. That's what makes us the light of the world. Let me get here. Let me get because, amen, and believe it or not, I promise you I wasn't. The only reason why I went here, that man stimulated me. It, It brought all this out. Let me, let, me, let me show you this, and I'm about to close. I ain't got too much more to go. Let us make man in our image and our likeness, right? God's original intention was to enter the earth by image and not by individual self. Review. He never intended to come on earth himself. That's why when he did come to earth, he still came in man's image. Couldn't he have just came as God? No, because he won't violate his own self. He said man in a man... In his image had to be the one who ruled the earth. So a man in his image. Amen. Came and died for all mankind who had lost his image. Right. Amen. And so, so now, in other words, God's original intention was not to exercise dominion over the earth directly, but to exercise dominion over the earth through his sons and daughters doing what? Walking in his image. He yet enters through image. He does not enter without. Somebody has to be walking in a measure of his image for him to enter in. That's why it's so important when you sing to be tapped into him. Because image comes out of intimacy. And if I'm being intimate with him, before you know it, a sound begins to be released that begins to touch the atmosphere. God entered in. He did not come from here. He came from somebody who was now imaging him forth through their intimacy. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So, this is where I want to go and I'm closing. In actuality, conforming into Jesus' image is actually an act of intercession. I want to talk about intercession. Conforming into the image of God is actually an act of intercession only produced through intimacy. Intimacy is intercession. We would be more effective spending two hours in intimacy than spending five hours passing out tracts to have somebody come to a church where people don't look like God. Thank you, Lord. Amen? So conforming into Jesus' image is actually intercession. I'm almost done. He comes in to the degree I bear him in or to bury him in intercession takes place whatever would happen if he was there happens when I'm there hypothetically let's say somebody got a hat somebody got a hat hat. I don't care what hat it is just any hat let's say this is his image this jacket this hat somebody got a scarf I don't care whose scarf it is as long as you ain't got no cold and you ain't been coughing in it now if you've been coughing in it don't throw me that scarf I'm just playing. All right. Right? 
Let's say that this is his image. Right? Let's say that this is his image. And I have none of it on. You are sick on your bed. Right? Mm -hmm. And I come in with no image. And I pray for you. Is that intercession? No. But I'm praying. God, I know you can heal her. If it would be your will, heal her. What do you mean if it would be your will? How would that not be his will? For somebody bound by the devil not to be healed. That's never not his will. Right? She doesn't get healed. Right? Then, she's not talking or anything. I mess around, and I bring my prayer partner back with me who has some of God's image. Right? And so we come back in. The prayer partner doesn't speak. The other person still prays. But this time, the woman begins to gain consciousness. The, un- the individual praying, thinking they're praying, is the thing that's doing it. But there's somebody with image that is now, by presence, interceded and released a measure of God's intervention. You praying, but it's really my presence that's changing the situation through image. God would rather have you imaging him than you praying five hours. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. Five hours of prayer don't mean you're a good intercessor if you don't look nothing like God while you're praying. Image is a greater intercessor than prayer. And so now, this time, I put on this, right? Not only, we go back, not only does she gain consciousness, but they tell her, we're taking you off the medication. She doesn't need as high as dose. Things are changing. The person praying thinks it's them, but it's the one that's actually walking in the image. Right. And then when I come into full image of God, right, and I walk in with the full image of God, all of a sudden this woman wakes up. She's right. And, and that night she is released that there's no signs of what had happened. I didn't even pray for her. All I did was walk in the room. And then she said when I walked in the room, she felt something hit her and tell her that her, her body was healed and that she was going home tonight. Because now the greatest intercessor is image. It is not the person that's necessary. I ain't saying not to pray. Right. I ain't saying nothing. Well, we do not throw prayer out the window. Glory be to God. But intercession's greatest impact comes through image bearers. Right. Thank the Lord. Come on. We don't look nothing like God trying to pray, so we don't pray nothing like God. God kill my enemies. God, you know I'm sick and tired of them. Move them out the way. God, you know I can't handle no more of this. Change it tonight. We call that prayer. And don't look nothing like God. Right. Thank you, Lord. Right? Thank you, Lord. God, you see how evil the world is? Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, he's coming tonight. And he's going to kill all these wicked folk that's passing these homosexual bills. No, no, no. God so loved the world. Come on. You are you getting it twisted, God? So he is not praying that like, let me come back now to catch him with their pants down. Right. He's saying he who was without sin, let him cast the first stone. And if I gave you time to change, 
Why is it since you changed, you don't want... You're short-sighted and forgotten you've been cleansed from your own sin. I'm going to show you this and I'm closing. Uh, Because we can't bear his image when we think he's ready to bring the axe. We're acting like Elijah when Elijah only had a small portion in his ministry. We cannot stop at John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist can't be the head. That's why it had to be cut off. Alright. Let me show you this and I'm closing. Isaiah 59 verse number 12. Amen. Because I want to go to another level. I want to go to another level in implementation of the kingdom. And I'm ready to cultivate what's happening in the house. And, I'm not, and, and I know God is telling me not to babysit. He is permitting me to go to the next realm of revelation. He is, he is saying, you do not have to stay where you are. You, you are permitted. There are enough people that are now in a posture of hearing and heeding that you can go on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And I want you to go with us because the nations are coming. And nothing's going to stop that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And the calling that this house has is going to fulfill. And you are the first fruits of that. Isaiah 59, verse number 12. Look at this. I think we've read this scripture all wrong, and I'm closing after this. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth far off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yet truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was what? No man. No man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. He was not saying that there was nobody in the world that wasn't praying. There were people that were praying they just couldn't be an intercessor because the intercessor had to have image. That's why he put on and so he brought salvation unto himself and he brought it, he sustained it himself. Was that that is prophesying the coming of Christ, the ultimate act of intercession. He said, look, prayer ain't enough. I can't have a whole bunch of people that look nothing like me. They still look like orphans and they're praying. They're knocking on the door for bread. So even what they're giving people, they don't have. That is not the intercessor I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the intercessor that can pray for you to get something they themselves ain't living in. I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for a man. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I'm not looking for a prayer warrior. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a man that says sacrifice and offering thou desireth not, but prepare for me a body. Glory be to God. That the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. He, oh Lord, that came in righteousness and truth and judgment and equity. He's not looking for somebody in order to pray for our I pray for our every day this week. How much do you look like God? Inwardly. You do more intercession by your inward position that looks like God, by loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, than three hours of prayer. Not to say we don't pray for three hours. 
Right. I love prayer. Thank you, Lord. So, so this is what I'm saying. Intercession is by presence more so than it is by prayer, even though we are never to stop praying. Instead of simply praying Jesus move, instead of simply praying Jesus touch, instead of simply praying Jesus come, I can also bring him in coming myself. So now what couldn't happen if Jesus was there can't happen as long as I'm there. Right now. How do you know your children are going to live and not die because you're there? And you're walking in his image that says a good man leaving inheritance for his children's children. Every time my children leave the house, I worry about it. They're going to make it home. Is you okay? You're not in his image and you're leaving them unprotected. A good man leaveth inheritance for his children's children. I told my wife, I said that by default gives us a promise that they're going to live. I can't leave an inheritance to a child that's dead. So you got to read the promises within the promises. If I'm going to leave an inheritance for my children's children, that means my children shall live and not die. So in, I don't have to pray, God, don't kill my children. I can, I can thank God that I'm leaving an inheritance for my children's children. And within that, I'm shutting down the insinuation that has me worried about my children living. The image of God. The promises of God. I'm going to tell you right now, there's something coming. I'm going to preach out of Revelation 22 and Isaiah 60, God willing, on Sunday about people coming to the brightness of our rising. Amen. I'm going to to preach out of that and and help you understand what that means and why we are actually in the midst of that right now. Amen. I, I, I am done with religion. Right. And I'm done with religious perspectives. Amen. I'm done with them. Amen. I'm done. See, we got to understand the power of justice. Thank you, Lord. And what justice doesn't mean ultimately punishing the individual that did wrong. It's punishing the spirit that influenced them to do wrong. Right. God wants justice. And he wants justice against his enemies. And his enemies aren't flesh and blood. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. He needs somebody that can hold Congress for the kingdom. That can pass legislation. I wish somebody watched that know how to pass a bill into law through prayer and through intercession and through intimacy with God. Come on, we get together and we do business. That church ain't a religious spot. Church is a place, and this is a house of representatives. This is Congress. We pass in legislation that, that, that rebukes what can, or rebukes what can't function in Darlington and releases the blessings of God into Darlington. I'm trying to do governmental business. But God, He came to bring in a government, not for us to have good church services. I'm ready to govern. Right. Okay. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Right. And so this, and I'm. Thank you, Lord. He wants justice. This is the best way I could explain justice. Imagine a puppet, right? Y'all all saw Pinocchio or something like that, and I'm closing. 
if you know anything about a puppet, you understand that many times the best puppeteers hide the hand of the one that's actually controlling the actions of the figure. So you see the figure moving, but it's a hand above the figure that's cut off from sight that's making that puppet, right, do what it does. And the puppet thinks it's a stronghold. So the puppet goes like this because there's a hand up there pulling the string. Principality, power, might, dominion that's pulling the string. So every time they do drugs, there's a hand pulling the string. Every time they watch pornography, there's a hand pulling the string. Every, every time they commit murder, there's a hand pulling the string. And although we can't see it, all we see is the puppet. Glory be to God. And the strings, if you're at a distance, you really can't see them. You just think the puppet is acting out, but there's a principality. There's something above it. And so now the one who understands God doesn't aim at the puppet. It aims at the strings. Glory be to God. Because this, this man thinks that this liquor is a bondage, but all it takes is a string. It's just a string to the power of God. All it takes is one cut from the sword of the word of God. And I can clip that string. All it takes is a word of God that's quick and powerful. Sharper than any double-edged sword. I'm not going after the homosexual, but I'm sure enough going after the homosexual spirit. I'm not going after the liquor addict, but I'm sure enough going after the liquor addict spirit. I'm ready to get the sword and start cutting some string. Thank you, Lord. And so what time? I feel that enough. That's justice. You don't, you don't crush the puppet. The puppet is on strings. What they think is a stronghold ain't nothing but a string to the sun. Right. Thank you, Lord. And so we cut the strings through the sharp, double-edged sword of the word. And once the puppet is free, we go after the hand above it. Once I free him, glory be to God, I'm coming for you. I'm crushing. I'm here to tell you this is a season where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. It's time to start binding territories and loosing heavens, influence over regions and areas. Glory be to God and the nations. Glory be to God shall be blessed by our leaves. Our leaves are for the healing of the nation. Why do you be still? Because your endurance can release healing. Everybody stand to your feet. Conde. I don't want to kill the puppet. I want to kill the puppet here. I can't wait to get to the head of the Goliath. It's Goliath's time. I'm no longer on strings myself. My strings have been cut. I'm free and I'm free indeed. I'll be still. God, I bless you. I want to pray tonight for us. I want to pray tonight for us that we'll fix our posture while being exposed to what you got tonight was a revelation. I would dare to say there's nobody within a 250 mile radius that got this. I don't know for sure. I would dare to say. 
It is not normal. Stop treating it like that. 